0: beverage industry professionals to The Shine Runner Show, quenching your marketing, distribution, and sales thirst for more horsepower on the craft beer, cider, and spirits industry. My name is Mark Colburn, and I'll be your crew chief. Today's episode is special events, trial sampling synergies. Our program objective is is to provide you with an overview of marketing distribution and sales learnings and experiences from me, a veteran who's been in the craft beer, spirits, and cider business for over 25 years. The goal of this program will be to help you better understand marketing's role, priority, and importance in the marketplace and how it relates to your business model. A recap from Episode 9. Uh, we, had some, we had some unfortunate news, really. Uh, in 2018, a record 7,000 breweries that we've been talking about throughout all of these podcasts will be in operation in the United States with 9,000 active permits filed with the Alcohol, Tobacco, Tax, and Trade Bureau. So 2019 is going to be even more competitive. Meanwhile, U.S. consumers are drinking less beer with the greatest loss in the off-premise. The craft segment has slowed to 5% growth from 2014's high of 18%, and distributors, wholesalers are expanding their geography, which results in fewer stops, more miles per route, and less time for sales reps to sell your beverages. So, investing in a comprehensive marketing plan just may be uh, the the fine line, the, the difference between success and failure for your company in 2019. The stakes are high, and the market share dwindling. There's also a godzillion media dollar trade trade-off uh, taking place. This change is the dramatic investment shift from traditional media channels, not just to social media, but to special event, what I call brand standing. This experiential marketing option, uh, these options include such things as state, county, street fairs, including art and wine, craft beer, brews, barbecue, and blues festivals, even car shows. There's also a behavior shift going on. Fewer of us are watching TV commercials or listening to radio ads, reading magazines, or getting, they're also, uh, everybody's getting rides via Uber and Lyft or other means, which, which really detracts from the out-of-home billboard exposure. A few of the benefits by investing in special events we talked about included brand exposure brand standing get those new products out there it's basically a huge test market opportunity Uh, you can build awareness for your brands and it's an opportunity to position the brand and maybe most importantly is a product trial you know brand interaction sample that product get your product over the lips of that target market that is an absolute priority which leads us to today's topic Special events, trials, sampling, and synergies. So, as you may recall, from an earlier episode, we discussed a term, the product life cycle, and how marketing strategy differs through the intro, growth, maturity, and decline stages. I'm going to assume that most of you are in the first three stages, with the majority residing in the introduction or growth stage of the PLC. If you want to learn more about this, check out my article, The Pursuit of Enduring Relevance, Recurving the PLC Over the Precipice of Decline. It's found on my website or my LinkedIn page. So having been in the business for quite some time, I realized that small to medium beverage companies really don't have massive marketing budgets to draw from, uh, I've also got to caution you against total reliance on social media this This does not constitute a marketing plan. Quite frankly, it represents a tiny subset of your plan as I ponder the competitive environment that that you're in, possibly looking at nine thousand breweries next year, even more craft spirits, more wine, more ciders uh, there's over eight hundred cider. Makers in the country More mead manufacturing All these firms All vying for dwindling real estate Pickier and fewer wholesalers And shrinking share of stomach I ask myself What would I do If I were you Huh That's a tough one But the answer Gas down on every special event That you can participate in With the caveat that they must be in your distribution territory. Recall my Castle Keep strategy. So I've I've set up and worked over a thousand special events in my career. Now I'm going to share with you just how to get the most horsepower out of this investment while blowing the doors off your competition. First, you need to spread the word that your company is interested in special events. Begin with your wholesaler. These guys, they know all the special event players. And it just, I find it remarkable that so many suppliers will ignore the wholesaler who, who's been working with these special event producers probably for decades. And bring up, bring up this uh, interest in the Friday sales meeting. The distributor sales force, those people, they represent invaluable ears on the street. Next, scour the web for event listings. You will find plenty. Take note on the events that buy product as opposed to those that want 100% donation. Once you have a list, research the events to make sure they match your brand positioning. You don't want a a high quality, higher price point beverage at a flea market, for example. So next, you've got to calculate the cost from product, personnel, CO2, jockey box, trailer rental, labor, and merchandising. Once you have your events confirmed, create a calendar for your team and wholesalers so that everyone knows when the event is, who will be working, the times, what equipment, and what product, uh, and everything that's expected to be there. You might be thinking, hey, Mark, most of the good festivals are already sponsored by the big guys. All that leaves us are the scraps. Well, I understand this perspective, uh, but don't give up. Get a meeting with the event organizers. You know, you pick out a, a, a big festival or a art and wine, craft beer, or something, um, and, and and go go talk to the event producers about uh, a concept like a, a microbrew tasting tent or, or booth where smaller brands like yours can be sampled. Uh, I've done this with success. This is think of a, a mini a mini festival within the big festival. You know, the big festival is sponsored by the you know one of the two big guys, but. The expectation is that, you know, the product will probably have to be donated, maybe five cases or so. However, brand trial will be excellent at this large festival dominated by the mega brewer. So my concept is go talk to the special element producer about just a a, a micro tent where maybe they can sell three tastes of your beer and a a few other local crafts, ciders, uh, for $10. And all the dollars, uh, all the the money goes to the nonprofit, say the, the Chamber of Commerce or something. You'd be surprised at the responses you'll get. I also recommend having a briefing just ahead of the event so that everyone knows their responsibilities and your expectations. This can be in person or via conference call. I use PowerPoint with jockey box images or draft trailers a lot of color uh, showing current draft handles. I mean, be real specific. You say the first handle is GT500 IPA, then the next handle, Hazy, the next handle, a Hef, the next handle, a Pilsner, maybe the fifth, a Cider. Uh, make this simple. Make it error-free. I, I even include the specific keg counts for brand for each location. You need to think about who is dropping this product. It's Let's say 5 a.m. in the morning on a weekend. Is it your team or is it maybe the wholesaler uh, draft team who's already put in five days, they're fatigued, and you, you really want to make this as simple as possible. So once at the event, the setup, theoretically, should go according to plan. But you need to have a good detailed plan so that it works. As for branding, I recommend a banner or signage that features the brand or brands being poured with some sort of graphic or photo. You want something cool that will incite selfie-taking. Your off-premise packages, 6-pack, 12-pack, 22, 750 ml, should also be merchandised and displayed so that the consumer can quickly recall or associate the product he or she tasted when they are at their favorite retailer. When they go into the off-premise, you want them to say, Oh, I remember this. I had it at the XYZ Art and Wine Festival. So many companies... Miss this simple point. Include an account listing on and off-premise of where your brands are available. Just about everybody fails to do this common sense step. When when a consumer comes up and they try your your new GT500 brewing IPA and they say, Wow, this stuff's great. Where can I get it? Well, boom, they can just look right there and it's available on-premise here and off-premise there. So, very simple thing to do. Uh, also, super important point, train and brief the servers on your brand. This is imperative and often neglected by most suppliers. I can't believe it. Your goal should be to have the server recite a salient KDA sentence about the brand rather than, here you go. Now, I create a laminated cheat sheet for the server which includes a brief product description that uh, that that has the style, the brewery origin, KDA awards won, ABV, and IBUs, and more you know, common sense. You know, give your target market their discovery ammo, and and give that server some information so that he or she can then you know share it with with the target market. I like to include, now this this takes it a little bit further, but I like to include a brief questionnaire about the product and have the respondents rate its quality. Uh, This provides you with instant feedback. For example, maybe this is a test product while building, you know, a database for future use. Taking these steps represents what I call qualitative sampling as opposed to quenching the masses. As to the location within the festival... I prefer a spot some distance from the music. If too close, your team won't be able to effectively communicate your brand story or KDA due to the sheer volume of the band. My preference is to have a booth with extra space for networking or what I call fun stuff. I recall setting up a booth for a supplier where I negotiated a spot that had about 100 square feet you know, extra square feet to the side. I used this space to sit down with buyers to discuss the brand. You never know, as I've told you, who will stop by your booth. In another event, I got extra space and held a hula hoop contest. Winners won little tchotchkes. You would not believe what people will do for a shirt or bottle opener or a hat, you know, that are outside of our business. The response was unbelievable, as well as the selfie capture. Naturally, I had a backdrop, you know, branding or brand standing, you know, everywhere to ensure social media exposure for the brand, you know, the sponsored brand. Another reason I like the distance from the main stage is because I like to bring a a boombox. I wrote an article on this topic too uh, of music marketing for the American Marketing Association. It's titled, Your Target Market Has a Personality, Why Not Your Brand? I mean, that's what I'm getting at here. You know, Contributing to your brand DNA. You know, there's a common theme in a lot of my podcasts. Make things fun. People like things that are fun. So in this article, uh, I talk about how soul and funk music is infectious and contagious. It gets to what I call the soul bone, uh, which is oftentimes connected to the billfold bone. When we play music in our booth, the lines are always the longest. As people, they want to have fun. Music helps create that atmosphere. Which attracts potential consumers People, it's crazy People, they'll, they'll start dancing while they're in line Waiting to get our, our beer or cider As I've said over and over People buy from people and brands that they like Associate your product with fun And I think you'll succeed This fun association is good for your brand And expands and exploits its DNA while there, you want to engage, entice, and invite consumers, account buyers, and wholesaler staff to experience and discover your nectars. Another option to get into some of those bigger events is to partner with a brand that, that makes sense with yours. Perhaps there's a barbecue sauce or a company there that would share their booth. This pairing makes great sense and gets you into a valuable sampling venue. Could also network with them uh, about their on- and off-premise accounts. For those of you with slightly larger budgets, I recommend special event vehicles that you can park on-site and sample out of. Many brewers and spirits companies are investing in these, such as Cigar City, Ballast Point, Crispin Cider, Knob Creek, Hendrick's Gin, and many others. These vehicles make a brand stand impact and guarantee a consistent marketing look every time. They also generate a lot of interest from potential consumers. Remember, consumers are actively out on weekends looking to experience new things and brands. Try your best to get out and pour. Listen to your customers while rubbing elbows with your wholesaler team and potential new accounts. Don't forget to have somewhere for the consumers to go after the festival is over. These drinkers are just getting into second gear, so make sure they know your brand is featured at several, several bars adjacent to the festival venue. This is really dotting of the I's and can be set up by your rep or your wholesaler uh, salesperson the, the week or two prior to the event. Your reps should use this participation in the special event, kind of the sponsorship. You can, you know, take a little license here. Say that your brand's helping sponsor this festival uh, to your sales rep. Uh, there's their advantage when pitching new accounts, as it clearly represents local community support. I've done this with great success. You'd be surprised. Uh, accounts on and off premise, they like that that community support. As mentioned in a prior podcast, Try to tie your sales plan incentive to your special event investment. This is getting the most out of it, man. Really get the most out of it. The wholesaler sales teams love free tickets and to drink your beverages on weekends. Think about a sales plan incentive that includes a VIP experience or package for the top performing salespeople at your festival. Uh, for, your, for your distributor team, I've done this many times with excellent results and extended talk value. So, let's recap episode 10. Recognize that the shift to special events is due to consumers wanting to discover new products on the weekends. Big companies see this and are making street fairs all the bigger and more frequented. And this is to your advantage. More people. You need to be in these events with your brands. This is where you should invest your time and money. Considering all the competition we're talking about in 2019, you want to wring out every synergistic penny that you can. Go back over this podcast and take note of the advice I give you on what more you can do to exploit this investment. Remember that people buy brands they like. Thank you for listening. Please check out my website at shinerunnercraftmarketing.com. My book, Craft Beer Marketing and Distribution, Brace for Skewmageddon. My Patreon site, Runner Craft Marketing. Join us next time on the Brewing Network's Shinerunner Show for episode 11, the special event, Checklist of Do's and Don'ts. I hope to also have a guest speaker from mom one of the top special event producers in the country. You're probably getting tired of my voice, so we'll get uh, get somebody else in here for a while. I'm also going to include a special event bonus tip for you. So thanks again for listening.